Episode 28, we are back. We got a good one. We are recording this right after the Steelers-Bills game, and what a game that was. And I kind of I, – I expected the Steelers to lose, but I didn't expect them to come out that flat. And you know what? It, it's two games in a row. I think just about everybody's out in the Steelers, and uh, I am too. I, I don't really consider them a contender at this point um, after watching that performance. Because it doesn't seem like they have all the pieces to really compete for a Super Bowl, in my opinion. Hashtag frauds. <laughs> Come believe <There's>... frauds. <laughs> oh man, like that was the like immediately. Like, as soon as soon as they lost, like frauds was just everywhere, just everywhere. Ghetto Gronk everywhere, just frauds. And Ghetto Gronk, that's the best meme page on Instagram. In case you don't know, <laughs> um, just that, if only we could get Ghetto Gronk on the pod. He likes all my things that I send him. Like, I sent him some of the day and he liked it. So, he's a cool guy. Yeah, maybe we got to reach out to him because Finn's Finn's got the Midas touch with him right now. (laughs) (laughs) The elusive. Anyways, uh, another interesting thing today Taysom Hill and the Saints finally lost. Um, I thought that was funny. And because I don't know if people really realized that Taysom Hill was just the world's best duct tape, he's not a franchise quarterback. And we don't really need to go too much into that. I think if you're a Saints fan, especially, you, you, you've seen the eye test and you know Taysom Hill is not it um, going down the line. Uh, but he's been great in the couple games they needed him. And in Drew Brees' absence, they played the Falcons and the quarterbackless Broncos. And everybody's like, oh, my God, Taysom Hill. It took him three games to get one touchdown pass. His first touchdown pass. It took three games. Like, Seriously. And then when I knew there was going to be a huge wake-up call when they played the Chiefs in two weeks, but <laughs> Christmas came, came early, early <laughs> and Jalen Hurts got the starting job just in time. And who that nation, uh, they didn't like what they saw today. So, um, yeah, the Saints, I, I'm not really loving them either right now. But credit to the Eagles defense, five sacks, two takeaways. That was, that was pretty big um, in the game for them. But, yeah, Jalen Hurts, uh, Jalen Hurts. He looks like the future going forward for the for the. Yeah, Eagles. it's tough for them, I think, to go back to Carson Wentz, especially after how well he played today. He had the fumble at the end of the game, which I think is obviously a rookie mistake, but overall it was a solid performance. And also, I called the Saints being frauds at the beginning of the season. I said they weren't going to make the playoffs. I obviously was wrong about that, but I feel like I'm on track in calling them frauds, even with Drew Brees in. Well, yeah, I, 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 I don't know if that's going to make anything any better. I was 100% with you on that. I just said this is the same team that has been the last three years. Yeah, like I, I don't see a difference. The offense isn't dynamic. This isn't a Super Bowl team. You have to have a dynamic offense to win the Super Bowl. Um, 2016 Broncos, they're the the last exception. But since then, the game has moved toward towards offense, and um, you have to be dynamic. The Saints aren't that, and um, that's that's just the truth. Um, so, yeah, Saints, uh, I've, it's, it's hard to really buy your stock right now. And um, who that nation? <laughs> That's a tough one. But uh, anyways, let's do first things first. Get to our clown of the week. And this, this is an easy one. one. <laughs> this is <laughs> clearly an easy one. Everybody knows who it is. Well, we got Marco Wilson, cornerback of Florida. So if any of you did not see the highlights, uh, I I don't know who the tight end was for LSU, but he got the. It was third and ten, but you know in LSU's you know own territory. And Florida needed a stop in order to – was it, it – it wasn't 
it was it tied at that point? I'm blanking right now. Um, yeah, it was tied. It, it was, was tied. tied. Yeah, it was tied. And they got the stop, and then Marco Wilson, when he tackled him, somehow got the shoe in his hand or ripped it off and decided to just chuck it as far as he could downfield. I'll just say this. When I was in preschool, I I got in trouble for throwing shoes, but I learned at around about the age of four that you stop throwing shoes. Figure that out around the age of four. Marco Wilson's what, 20, 21 now maybe? He still hasn't figured it out. <laughs> like, like but, Michael Wilson, like, he could have just subtly, like, you know, just kind of tossed it behind him, you know, you know, like five yards past, like, behind him, you know, wouldn't would have been that bad. It's just kind of like, uh, not, it's not really sportsmanlike, but, you know, you could have got away with it. And if they but, call no, he, it there, everyone would have been like, oh, that's, that's BS. Like, yeah, hey, he just tossed it. It's not that big of a deal. But the fact that he threw it as hard as he could downfield he threw it like 30 yards he, he threw it he farther like... than sarah Fuller could kick a football <laughs> oh I, well, <laughs> fans aren't gonna like that okay um <laughs> that, was, that was a little too far i'm sorry i'll simmer down <laughs> she, to be fair she can kick a football farther than me so okay we, we don't really know her full capabilities because no, she, hey, she went two for two I was, I was, I, uh, I finished, I'm in Wyoming right now. So I finished my skiing and I was watching the end of the Vanderbilt game and I caught her, uh, two field goals. She, she made them respect. So, yeah. I mean, uh, Vanderbilt still lost by 30, 40 points. But, yeah. Hey. It's a, yeah. But any, really... <laughs> <laughs> that play or that action by Marco Wilson, if you want to call it that preschool tactic, um, ended up, uh, getting, a. LSU an extra 15 yards gave him a you know a new set of downs and then uh, Cade York hit one from the parking lot in the fog. So honestly, LSU deserved to win that game. Uh, you know it was a pretty interesting game throughout. Uh, but finally, good quarterback play for LSU, which was something that they've been lacking all season. So that was nice to see. Yeah, it was refreshing to see LSU actually uh, get some decent quarterback play since Joe Burrow. Uh, so yeah. yeah. Uh, nicely done, LSU. Shout out Max <laughs> Johnson, man. Maybe the future. Marco Wilson, next time, don't do the Cam Newton wind up, put everything into it, and make it so obvious because you just cost your, your football program a chance at the playoffs. So, well, um, to be fair, they were a fringe playoff contender. They would have needed to beat Alabama to even be considered, in my opinion. So it was still a, t- a tough task, but yeah, now it's just completely gone. I mean, if they beat Alabama now, it's – I guess Texas A&M gets in. Um, yeah, like you're, you're going to see your rival A&M get in now. It, do, it does simplify things. I mean, thanks, Marco Wilson. Yeah, thanks, Marco Wilson. You just – the committee loves you right now. Yeah, oh, yeah, uh, big time. Uh, um, so, anyways, yeah, nicely done. Clown of the week right there for you. Little little taste of college football. Anyways, um, let's get to, yeah, Steelers, Bills. So, immediately – what I really liked from this game was uh, Josh Allen. So the Bills made a lot of adjustments in the second half, and Josh Allen he came out firing. Um, he was getting he was get, he was throwing to open guys. Stephon Diggs had a nice game, um, and I was really impressed by the Bills' offensive coordinator Brian Dabble. Um, you know he just he he really he had nice great play designs, and he was getting Stephon Diggs open, um, getting uh, Josh Allen some easy um, easy throws. And um, then Josh Allen, you know, it's just let Josh cook now. It's not, it's not Russell Wilson. It's, it's let Josh Allen cook um, because he's got some, he's starting to put some really nice touch on some throws. He had a nice touchdown pass to Gabriel Davis um, later in the game. And yeah, I was really impressed with the, the Buffalo Bills in this one. And it was just a complete performance all, 
all around. Now, the thing I would like to see from the Buffalo Bills going forward is to have a little bit more of an efficient offense. And they didn't even have a great running game. It wasn't really a very balanced attack. It was a lot of Josh Allen just kind of running around and slinging it like backyard football style. But they, they need to be more efficient to be a true Super Bowl contender. And um, especially on those uh, the early downs, like get, get some yards, make it easier on third down. Because there was a lot of third and long situations and they didn't convert a lot of those early. And that's why Buffalo really struggled to score points in the first half. So, yeah, but uh, anyways, nice to see the Bills adjust and come out um, with a new game plan. And, um, yeah, took down the Steelers. Man, the Steelers stock, it's about as low as it's ever been right now. Yeah, I would not want to be a Yinzer at this moment. I would love to hear a Yinzer right now. I really wish I was in Pittsburgh to hear the local radio. Our man Tree was telling us that it's great comedy. But, yeah, that first half was just – slow in my opinion but I, I liked how Josh Allen didn't let it affect him he came out in the second half and he got hot and you know they just started steamrolling that pick six at the end of the second at the end of the second quarter was huge uh, I think that just turned the momentum of the game you know it was just a bad throw by Big, Big Ben and it just kind of set the tone for the rest of the game of like who was going to be the clear winner going forward so yeah, that was an impressive performance by the Bills. But, yeah, I think you're right where we'd like to see a little bit more action in the first half because if you come up against a team like Kansas City in the playoffs, which is a potential matchup for them, they're going to have to be able to put points up in the first half. Um, we've seen them do that in games this year. But against a solid Steelers team, you'd like to see them do a little bit more. But it was still an overall solid performance. Yeah, great, great win for the Buffalo Bills. And um, on a little bit more of a positive note, the NFC East race is heating up. It's like matching of the NFL. <laughs> it's, it's like it, it really is. It really it's is just matching. <laughs> at this point, that's how we're out. I think that's how yeah. we're taking it. And the football team, they've taken the lead in the worst division in the NFL at 6-7. Six and seven. Single-handedly and... by Chase Young. With that one hand, he picked up the ball with and ran it downfield for 50 yards. God, Man's Chase Young was a man athlete. among... Man among boys on Sunday. Jeez. And Jeez. the Giants now trail at 5-8 and eight with the loss today to the Cardinals. Eagles are still in play at 4-8-1 and one, uh, thanks to Jalen Hurts. So that's going to be an interesting race, not going to lie. And the then the Cowboys are – how about the Cowboys? The Cowboys are mathematically alive. But... They are mathematically alive, but I think everybody knows that the season's so deflated. Um, I mean, Andy Dalton right. has – provided uninspiring performances when people thought he would be you know providing something a little bit more and the defense has been atrocious also to all the giants fans out there that were saying that we're back and you know this is you know like what was it last week everyone was going nuts over a four and seven giants team because they had the lead in the nfc east i was just like hold on a second this is still a four and seven football team and it was clearly demonstrated against the cardinals now, Daniel Jones was injured, and he didn't look healthy in the pocket. And it's, it's obvious that he needs help on offense because there's literally nobody that he has to throw the ball to or nobody he has to give the ball to. I mean, Wayne Gallman's played well, but obviously you're missing Saquon. Giants fans need to simmer down. Giants fans really need to simmer down. It, it, like, <laughs> hey, come on, guys. I, hey, I know the name Judge is a hot commodity right now in New York, <laughs> but uh, still, you gotta you got to remember – uh, that offense doesn't exactly have a ton of talent to really back that defense right now. 
And uh, they're 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 kind of like a year ahead, I'd say, because that that was one of the worst, least talented rosters heading into the season, and they they've kind of they've already exceeded expectations at a very competitive five and eight. And um, a lot of people probably thought they were going to win today against the Cardinals team that was like limping coming into this game, and instead the Cardinals re- recognized it was a must win, um, and they were the much better football team today. Daniel Jones. Uh, went back to the turnovers. Um, <laughs> I mean, you're so, hoping he's healthy, though, because I think I, it was obvious today he wasn't healthy. Yeah. Um, I think they threw him in there. And I don't know why they rushed him back, because Colt McCoy played decently well. You know, I don't think you have a bad backup in Colt McCoy there. And, you know, I mean, that, that's true, but, like, how many games do you how, – how much longer do you think you're going to win, you know, with Colt McCoy? Well, yeah, but, I mean, if you can beat the Seahawks with Colt McCoy, you would assume that you can beat the Cardinals. And I would say it's better to throw a healthy Colt McCoy out there than – a limping Daniel Jones who's coming back from a hamstring injury and anybody that's dealt with a hamstring injury knows that it's really, really, really aggravating, especially if, you know, a few weeks. So yeah, you might be able to walk around normally, but once you get into that game situation where you're running and you're under pressure, you know, it can react a lot differently and it can be uncomfortable. So I I just, I think the giants need to regroup. They're still in this race for the, you know, the playoffs. And I think if Daniel Jones gets healthier, there's definitely, you know, a chance for them to make it. I mean, we were talking about it off the pod where the Redskins, uh, sorry, ugh, Washington football team, <laughs> their, uh, their schedule is pretty, pretty tough down. Finn's down. still struggling with I that. I know, apparently. I know. <laughs> so I said, I said this, that joke, this Air Fuller joke, and then this, oh my God. Thought police uh, and PC are going to be after me today. Deservedly so, I guess. But, yeah, Washington, Washington, yeah, they're on a nice little win streak right now. It's a solid with, team. Started with the demolition derby on Thanksgiving of the Cowboys. And uh, since then, you know, they were four and seven heading into the Steelers game. And they they upset the Steelers. And their four and seven record was the worst by any team in NFL history to defeat a team that entered that game with an 11 and 0 or better record. So that was that's really impressive. But of course, if there's any guy, any guy's team that's going to be able to do it, it's Ron Rivera's. Yeah, I mean, I just respect the hell out of Ron Rivera. I mean, the guy definitely – I mean, especially this season with him fighting cancer while he's coaching. I mean, it's unbelievable. And the way he's been able to get – you know, come in there after such a hectic and crazy situation that, you know, happened over the off season and such terrible management, it's really impressive. I mean, honestly, I think Ron Rivera might be coach of the year. I think he has to be up for contention. I mean, I know it's not a winning football team, but the fact that he went in there and he, you know – revitalized Alex Smith, you know, created a defense that's, you know, arguably going to become one of the better ones in the NFL. It is really, really, really impressive. And I think people don't understand how difficult it is to do that in your first year as a head coach. Yeah, man, this guy is putting up with Dan Snyder. He's fighting the negative <laughs> yeah. media attention. I mean, he's got to deal with the football team as the brand now. Like, and he's got to deal with the, with the unshaky, with the shaky quarterback situation. He has to babysit Dwayne Haskins. I mean, this guy had to go through a lot. He was fighting cancer. He has to fight off COVID. I mean, this guy was doing everything. And uh, what, what he's done with the Reds, uh, not the Washington football team. Now, see where you started. Look where you started. Anyways, yeah. But what he, what he has done with the Washington football team has been uh, incredible. The football team, that name has actually kind of grown on me. I don't really know. It's kind of sick but... when you think about it. Just the football team. Like it's just such a it's team. just a hashtag football guy name for a team. Like it's just the football team. It's just I it think of it. 
I kind of think of it like Ohio State, like the Ohio State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the the football team. Yeah. <laughs> it's starting. Yeah, it's starting to work. The, uh, can they please win a Super Bowl as the football team? <laughs> so it goes down <laughs> history as the football team. <laughs> it's like I wonder who won. <laughs> I don't know some football team. <laughs> Yeah, the football team. You don't know the football team? Yeah. Like, well, NFC uh, East is going to be interesting going down the stretch. Might be – I mean, again, it's the matching of the NFL, so watch out for it. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. I I can't even believe you came up with that. <laughs> All right, and uh, moving on down to the – so the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they've been struggling. Uh, they got a nice win today. But um, they were, you know, they were 7-5 and five and with a lot of, a lot of question marks after uh, the, last, the last couple games. And um, I thought Bruce Arians wasn't really doing a good enough job as the head coach and the play caller for the Bucks. Um, I thought he needed he needs to get on the same page as Tom Brady, and um, or else that ship is going to crash and burn really bad because he he made a slight adjustment in the second half of the game versus the Chiefs, um, and Tom was able able to start getting the quick passing game going. But you're already coming working back from a large deficit, and they they had to try to overcome this. Um, this ridiculous deficit, and that's just not a winning formula. And I thought the, I think the offense just really needs balance, and they have the O line and the running backs to do that. Like you have Leonard Fournette on your team; he's a great power runner, and they definitely have the personnel to do that. I think Bruce Arians needs to adjust to Tom's capabilities, but also what the the talent on his roster is. And um, that's just that's not really what we we've seen with the Bucks this season. And I think that's a big reason why they're struggling. Um, it's just Bruce Arians trying to make Tom Brady something he's not, especially at this age, you know, 43 um, with that arm talent. It's just not quite um, what, you know, Tom's arm used to be. And um, Leonard Fournette, he was a healthy scratch today um, in the game. So I thought that was really interesting, too. I don't really know what's going on there, but I kind of feel like they need him. And he, he's a great asset to utilize and they're not doing it. So um, that's kind of an interesting situation to monitor going forward. But. Because um, I think of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as still as a Super Bowl team. Like, there's a lot of pieces there, um, you know, to make a deep playoff run. So, it's kind of surprising to me that Bruce Arians, is just, he just goes to the mic every week. Oh, we need better quarterback play. He just says that every week. He's yeah, like, it's it's just too – it reminds me too much of uh, Ben McAdoo back in the Giants when he was blaming Eli. You know, yeah, Eli wasn't playing well, but it's I, I just still don't agree that, you know, you should just go up on, you know – and talk to the press about how you're, you know, the only thing that's holding your team back is bad quarterback play. And Brady did what he needed to do today. You know, I don't, I mean, he only threw for 196 yards, but it was enough to win the game. Now I think this scores a little bit skewed, obviously because of Dan Bailey, just deciding to miss three field goals. So, you know, obviously you take that into account, you add nine points to the game and it's a different story. You know, it's still not a win for the Vikings, but obviously that could shift momentum. So I don't think this win signifies, you know, Tampa Bay as a clear contender. I think, you know, we both went into the season thinking they might be, and I think they still could, but it's it's definitely looking more and more so that this is probably going to be a team that's going to be bounced in the first uh, in the wild card round. Yeah, again, so yeah, I think Bruce Arians really needs to make an adjustment. Um, so yeah, we we have yet to see what the Buccaneers um, if they can right the ship. So. Um, that being said, let's move on down to college football. We got new college football rankings. Uh, Finn, let's start with yours because yours are just interesting. Okay, well, all right, all right. 
they're not they're interesting, but I also think they're somewhat sensible. I got Bama at number one, obviously. I still got them there. I mean, I don't think anybody can argue with that. They smacked Arkansas this week. I think Devontae Smith, by the way, is completely being underappreciated and arguably should maybe even win the Heisman. I mean, he's been playing unbelievably well, and he had that amazing kick return, a punt return uh, on Saturday. I got Notre Dame at two. Obviously, they didn't play, but they got a big, big game against Clemson next week. I think the hope is, I mean, at least with me, is I would like to see Notre Dame win. I mean, I'm not the biggest Notre Dame fan, but I think it'd be interesting to see Clemson not in the playoff for the first time, and it would make things a lot more simpler for all the other teams trying to fight for the spots. So Notre Dame at two. Software pretty much stays the same, obviously. Ohio State at number three. Michigan decided to be a bunch of losers and just decided not to play because they had – by the way, they had nine COVID cases. You want to know how many COVID cases Ohio State had the week before when they played? They had 25 before they played Michigan State. <laughs> they still got the job done. And they still got the job done. So uh, Michigan they, – They didn't even have their head coach for like two weeks. Yeah, no, he, he still didn't coach. He, was, he, was, he didn't even coach uh, – yeah, well, obviously, he, yeah, he didn't coach Michigan State. And then there was rumors he wasn't going to be able to coach the Big Ten championship, and now he is. So, yeah, I don't understand that. But Ohio State obviously gets the Big Ten championship. I'm assuming they're going to beat Northwestern by a lot. So – I think they're pretty much guaranteed into the playoff at this point. So I got them at three. And then I got Clemson at four, obviously, because they lost in their game. But, you know, they lost to the number two team. So they obviously, I think, should still be a top four team. And they didn't have Trevor Lawrence. But this is where it gets interesting. I got Cincy at five. I think people are just clearly disrespecting Cincy. And, yes, you know, they haven't played in a few weeks. And they got a big game against Tulsa where I think they need to win in dominant fashion in order to demonstrate that they're a quality playoff team. But people need to put respect on Cincy's name. I, I still don't understand these rankings where we have Georgia and we have Iowa State and we have Oklahoma that with you know two lost teams in the top ten. I, yes, I understand you know the differences between conferences, but I just don't understand how you can have three two lost teams in the top ten over teams like what we'll get to, like even USC and Coastal Carolina, but even Cincy too, which is just getting completely disrespected. With I believe Georgia was in front of them. I believe you know even A and M was in front of them, and I think A and M is the only one you can make an argument that they could be in front of 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 Cincy because they lost to Bama. But I want to give Cincy the benefit of the doubt because they're undefeated, and I do think that they're going to beat Tol- uh, Tulsa uh, pretty handedly uh, this upcoming weekend. I got Texas A and M at six. They've looked shaky to me at t- shaky to me at times. I can't always figure out what's Texas A and M's deal. You know they kind of come like against Auburn. They looked. Not so great in the first half, but then they cleaned it up in the second half. And they just kind of they kind of remind me as a team that's not going to be able to get enough done in the first half against a Bama or against a Notre Dame or an Ohio State. And if they make the playoff in that situation, I think that they'll get killed in the first half and they might try and you know get it closer in the second half, but it won't be enough. Um, and then number seven, I got Indiana. So I, I was this is where I was talking about where I had issue with guys like Joel Klatt's rankings, where you had teams like Oklahoma. Iowa State and Georgia all above Indiana. I don't know how you even do that. I mean, Iowa State lost to Louisiana Monroe. And at the same time, you know, you have an Oklahoma team that has two losses, one against Ohio State, and then Joel Klatt ranked Oklahoma above Iowa State, which doesn't make sense. And then you also have a Georgia team that lost that lost two games. And yes, having JT Daniels in makes a difference, but still I don't understand how those three teams are above a one loss Indiana team who 
lost to Ohio State, but made it close in the end. Like I think we've been really disrespecting this Indiana team. I think them losing Michael Penix at quarterback was really rough, but Jack Tuttle's come in and been serviceable. So I think you still got to have Indiana at seven. I think they've done enough this year to prove that. And then at number eight, I got USC. I really, I, I can, I can understand the argument of people saying a team like Georgia, a team like Oklahoma, a team like Iowa State can go out there and easily beat USC. But I think because they're the undefeated team out of the Pac-12, I think you do have to give them the benefit of the doubt at least being a top ten team. I mean, the performance against UCLA was shaky, but I think it also demonstrates how dominant that offense is for their ability to put up that many points each game. So. I think right now I'm not a huge fan of it. I would love to have Coastal Carolina above USC in my heart, but I think with reality, we know the way the undefeated teams work, the way we still kind of care about conferences as much as I don't want us to, and as much as I've been adamant about revoking the Pac-12's Power Five conference, you know, title. I think you ha- you can have USC at number eight, and I think you can make an argument for that. And then at number nine, I have Coastal Carolina. They were shaky against Troy, but I, to me, again. I think we've seen a lot of games this year with teams that have been undefeated that have played shaky against teams that they should have handily beat. And I think Coastal Carolina has done enough to prove that they should be a top 10 team. Um, You know, I think they've played more ranked opponents, I believe than USC has. And I think it's just, it's just, in my opinion, I think this team has just been completely disrespected on every level by the committee and a lot of people in college football. And I don't understand why this team should not be considered a top 10 team. They've beaten Louisiana Monroe or the Raging Cajuns, I believe that's Louisiana Monroe, correct me if I'm wrong, anybody out there, who also beat Iowa State, which shows that these are, this is a team that can compete with Power 5 conference opponents. And beating BYU is no small task. I think that was a, you know, an opponent that a lot of people wanted to brush off because it was BYU and everybody already was hating on them a lot. But that was still a very quality win. So I got Coastal Carolina at number 9. And then at number 10, it's my first two-loss team. I got Iowa State. I think they've played very well down the stretch. I think they'll win the Big Ten Championship. Again, I don't understand how there was people out there ranking Oklahoma above Iowa State. It just doesn't make sense to me. This is the same team that beat Oklahoma. So I have them at number 10. And I think you can make some honorable mentions for teams like UNC, maybe even, I don't know, what do you think? I mean, it's pretty clear who the top 10 is in my opinion at this point. I think maybe you can make an argument for UNC, but even then they still lost to Florida state. So yeah, that's my top 10. I, I get it being a little controversial, but it's uh, I wanted to go with something different this week, kind of something a little out there. <laughs> a little controversial. That's, that's the, uh, <laughs> that's a, that's an <laughs> understatement to say the least. I, I actually disagree on five through 10. So let me, let me get through this. Okay. So my top 10, it looks like this. Number one is Bama. Um, they look like the most complete team in college football. They've looked like that the past couple of weeks, and they look like they're in championship form. So Bama at one. Number two, I have Ohio State. Um, they dominated Michigan State without a lot of a lot of key pieces, and um, it's a pretty convincing win. Um, they they put all those eye test concerns to rest, and I'm sure they're probably going to smoke whoever's in the Big Ten championship. Northwestern. Uh, Northwestern, because I don't think they they really got the dogs to run with Ohio State. I don't think it's going to be competitive like last year even though I'm still concerned about Justin Fields and big games. Uh, but still, yeah, Ohio State at number two. I think uh, they've, they've definitely proven themselves over Notre Dame. and Because no, I got Notre Dame at three. I am not. I don't think the Clemson win is all that great because it took double overtime to beat them without Trevor Lawrence and a bunch of starters on defense. So um, I, I'm Notre Dame, but you look, you're, you're at number three. We're like splitting hairs here. 
but I don't. I only have Notre Dame at number th- number two because they did be a top four team, and also they've played five more games, which I think does have some weight to it because this is also a team that dominated UNC, who then dominated Miami, and Clemson dominated Miami as well. So I think Notre Dame has done enough to prove that they're at least a number two or a number three team. I mean, they, they've been scraping by a lot of opponents. I mean, and lately they started to take care of business a little bit more, but like like the first half of the season, they were just scraping by opponents. Like they were just getting through. Yeah, but the defense improved and the offense started to flow a bit more. You know, there was a concern, I think, at the beginning of the year of them not having a lot of weapons, but I think the, they found those weapons as the season went on. So I think it was a little bit of finding their identity, um, but they were able to do it without losing, which I think is important to note. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that is true. But then again, like the game against North Carolina, Ian Book was just hucking footballs up in the air and letting the, his receivers just go make jump balls. And North Carolina's DBs were making some of the worst plays on the football I've ever seen. Like any like better DBs, like against legitimate contenders, <laughs> those jump balls weren't going to be caught by Notre Dame. So I don't think I didn't think that was a, a sustainable way of winning. And I, so I'm not 100 percent. I'm not sold on Notre Dame by any means, but I got him here at three because. They have the resume. That's that's the fact of the matter. So, and then number four, I got Clemson. Um, I, you know what? I, I don't think there's too many people disagreeing with me here on that. And uh, we're gonna see uh, in the in the ACC championship game, you know, who, who's gonna take care of business and who's out of the playoff. But um, so yeah, right now I got Clemson at four. Texas A&M, I got them at five, even though of course with the eye test, I they're not a very convincing playoff team right now. But like Texas A&M, look. I got him over Cincy because Cincy, we haven't seen them in a, in a while. And I'm going to reserve my ju- judgment on Cincy until I see them in the eight American championship game against Tulsa. That's fair. And, and cause like, yeah, we'll, we'll have a much better um, idea of what, how Cincy really looks, how balanced they really are. Um, if they come out, they set the tone, they dominate Tulsa. I'll move them in at five, maybe four. If you know, Notre Dame beats Clemson, whatever. Um, so I'm going to just reserve judgment on Cincy there. That's why I have it 5-6, because I think uh, there's a very good chance I might move Cincy ahead um, after championship week. And then right now, it's I got I just changed these at number seven. I got Georgia because, man, this looks like a really different team with JT Daniels. Um, their, their defense is motivated, even without Richard LeCount, a couple other guys, because um, those are the dogs, man. They got some dogs on that defense, and um, they, they got a lot of talent to go around. George Pickens finally got to a uh, playing like himself because uh, he got finally got a an quarterback. actual quarterback. Yeah, I would say that I could probably put Georgia at, at in the number nine, number ten spot too, or even but the eight like, spot. Like they're up and, there with Iowa State, obviously. And, and honestly, like this ranking doesn't matter a ton because we know all these two lost teams. Yeah, they're not going to the playoff. Um, it's between the top six in the conversation right now. Um, but and then maybe potentially USC and Coastal Carolina if some miracle happens. But right now, yeah, Georgia at seven, and I don't see a lot of reason for people to disagree with me on this um, just because they, they've been dominating and in a different different style. So Georgia at seven. At number eight, I got Oklahoma. And look, this is mostly because of the eye test. I, I just think that Oklahoma is way more dynamic and the defense is finally stepping up. Like they got some players now. They're, they're really start, starting to hit their stride. And at the same time, so the reason I have Oklahoma ahead of Iowa State is I just feel like I can do this because they are playing in the – Big 12 championship game, and we're going to see, you know, who's the better team in that game. So uh, this ranking doesn't necessarily matter because it's not final 
And if Iowa State wins, I'm going to have no problem moving them up ahead of Oklahoma and Oklahoma out of my top 10. You know, so, but right now, I just feel a lot better about Oklahoma. And I don't know about that one, though, because they did beat Oklahoma. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Iowa State, yeah, they beat Oklahoma, but still, that was like what? That was in uh, early October. Yeah, but they haven't lost since then. I mean, it's been a couple close games. Like, yeah, they beat Texas, but it's not like they absolutely destroyed them. Yeah, know? but so Oklahoma, that, it took Oklahoma, what, five overtimes to beat Texas? That was early in the season when Spencer Rattler was getting a little rattled up. Oklahoma at eight, again, I don't – this isn't a final, like, judgment. Um, and they're playing in the Big 12 Conference Championship game, and we're going to – it's going to be settled there. So I'm not, like, losing sleep over putting Oklahoma ahead of Iowa State. And this is all subjective anyways. I just like Oklahoma a little bit more, and I'm, I'm like, giving Lincoln Riley the benefit of the doubt because of how great those offenses have been under him. Okay? And then at number nine, I got Florida. Look, this is still a really good team. They got – uh, look, let's name all the talent on this team. They got Kyle Trask, Heisman candidate. They got Kyle Pitts, who wasn't even playing in the game against LSU. And I'm sure that kind of affected Kyle Trask a little bit. That was his security blanket, just gone. Okay. And then you still have Kadarius Tony. You still got a lot of playmakers on the Got defense, Marco Wilson, right? too. Uh, Marco Wilson, yeah. His impact <laughs> was felt, to say the least. <laughs> Do uh, the Marco but- Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, the best one was the like the bra moment, but instead of the Marco Wilson moment. Oh, my God. And But still, Florida at number nine. Like, this is still a very good team. And look, yeah. they got two losses, just like Georgia, just like Oklahoma, just like the other team below them I have on this list. Like, this this is still a top ten team, and it's unfortunate that um, it came down to a Marco Wilson penalty. But so did their loss against Texas A&M. It came down to a fumble by the backup. So Texas A&M had the last possession, which people forget. And so they were able to win the game instead of Florida, but it would have been Florida winning that football game. So again, like this is a very good two loss team. And um, you know, it just sucks that it came down to that for Florida, but they lost. And so it, and they lost to LSU. So um, that's why they're moving down and that they're at not number nine for me. They're not out of my top 10. They're not at 10. I like them at nine. Uh, then that's why I have them. Okay. And at number 10, I got Iowa state, Matt Campbell doing good things. And yes, they beat Oklahoma, but I'm not really losing sleep over this ranking because they're going to play Oklahoma again and everything's going to be settled there. But this is a top 10 team. And I, I do like Iowa State. I'm giving them some some love, some respect, putting them here in my top 10. And it's kind of tough not putting Indiana in my top 10, I will admit. But that's because Michael Penix is out. If he was still playing, they would. I'm sure they would have been rolling through their schedule like without you know any obstacles or hiccups. And I'd, I'd have him in my top 10. I'd probably have him you know, like right by, maybe in front of Cincy. I don't know. But they, there's no Michael Penix, so I'm not sure how much this team is really capable of. You know, they they have a limited ceiling, and so that's the, that's the reality with Indiana. And then USC, it's an undefeated, but it's a lot. It's not a very convincing undefeated. This is like a Steelers undefeated. Yeah, that, I would agree with that. I think I just had them in there because they are undefeated. Like I do think you have to give some sort of respect to the undefeated teams in the country, like Coastal like, yeah. Carolina. Like, like, yes, they, they do have a much, much more uh, realistic playoff odds, of course, in these two lost teams. I have my top 10, but I will move them up after conference championship week when I if I see a good game out of them because um, they played a limited number of games. So I think that's a very good argument for why I don't have to put them in my top 10, you know. And but and so anyways, USC, it's just not a very convincing undefeated right now. Pac-12 is super weak. So but we're going to see more. We're going to learn more after conference championship week. So, yeah, USC, I got them right there um, outside of the top 10, but hanging around. And then uh, Coastal Carolina, you know, shout out to them. But um, I don't think they have the resume. They almost lost to Troy. Come on. Um, hey, like, bro, come on. It's not that big of a deal. Hey, <laughs> They're man. three close games all the time. 
Iowa State you... lost to the, Iowa State lost to a team that Coastal Carolina beat. It's not that big of a deal. Well, it would have been a big deal if they would have lost. Okay, it would have been a big. That's game. saying so. If my logic, it's like if Coastal Carolina, if if Iowa State lost to Louisiana Monroe and, and Coastal Carolina beat them, then that means Coastal Carolina could beat Oklahoma, no, yeah, which means know, that Coastal Carolina could beat Texas. You know, football math does not work like that. It does not make sense like that. It doesn't. It same thing with the NFL. It does not work like that with the NFL either. So, Coastal Carolina, you're sitting outside my top ten. Uh, mm. North Carolina. Prove them wrong, mention. boys. Prove them wrong. Honorable mention as well for North Carolina. They, they just uh, smoked Miami. They um, murdered Miami on live TV. Um, they're, they're outside of it. The, they just wiped Miami out of the top. everybody's top ten. So, um, nicely done, North Carolina. But you have three losses. I can't put you in. And um, you still have no playoff hopes. But, you know Florida what? State. Because <laughs> they lost to Florida State. And, you know, they also lost to, what, Virginia um, oh my god! No, I, I thought they only have two losses. No, they have three. They oh, they do. Three. Yeah, yeah. They 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 lost to Notre Dame, Virginia, and that's I'm so ACC. But yeah, that's that's North Carolina. They're still a year away, unfortunately. I thought this might be the year. Um, not quite for them. So, anyways, that's my top ten, and uh, we're gonna. I can't wait for conference championship week. We got a we got an interesting guest coming on this week. Um, so I'm really excited for that, and we're gonna yeah, talk. It's gonna be sick. We're going to talk about those conference championship matchups with him. And, um, you know, uh, next episode, we got another episode coming out later this week. We're going to talk some NBA because we've kind of been avoiding that and Finn's just not really having it. I don't know. Hey, hey, wait, 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 wait. So I I just haven't. (laughs) It's just, but it's just boring. Like the regular, the beginning of the regular season, the NBA is boring. No one's trying. Like the, the playoffs are like the playoffs in the bubble were so fascinating. But it's just the beginning of the regular NBA season. I've never been able to get interested in the NBA until the All Star break. It's I'm I'm glad they're starting it in Christmas though. I actually agree with this. Like they're finally starting the season during Christmas, which is something that people have been saying they've been they should be doing for years. So maybe that will spark it. But I mean, a lot of interesting storylines in the NBA this year. I think there's going to be a lot more teams comp- competing for a title. I mean, we even haven't we haven't even talked about Russell Wilson going to the Wizards. Uh, yeah, we, we haven't even gotten to that trade. There's some crazy but, stuff going on. But I do think there, yeah, there's more contenders. The East is a little deeper. And um, so I think the West, there's back. a lot of reasons. Um, yeah, KD's finally back. Um, so the Nets are interesting. That that's super uh, that feels super boomer bust. But we're, we're going to talk about that later uh, in, the, in that episode. And so uh, look out for that. We're going to have that NBA episode coming out. We're going to talk a little more college football this week as well. We have that special guest coming on. And so be on the lookout for that as well. And so anyways, I think that's going to do it for us. Um, go ahead, give us the follow on Instagram at SD sports talk and on Twitter as well at SD sports talk underscore. If you haven't already um, we post a lot of good stuff there. And uh, that's where, you know, when we're coming out with our newest episodes, cause we're trying to stick to Fridays, but we, we just haven't been able to get the job done lately. So, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, we've, well, I'm, I was traveling and finals have been killing everybody, but, no excuses. We've been getting the we've been getting more episodes out though lately than we have before. We were really bad about it in early November. Yeah, I mean we're just trying to be a little more organized. We're yeah. trying to be a little more brief. Uh, we're trying to keep these episodes a little shorter. We're professional uh, podcasters. We're, we're, we're really yeah we're really uh, we're we're perfectionists. That's why everything just takes so long with us. So, uh, anyways, yeah, be on the lookout for all that good stuff. And uh, thanks for tuning in. We're, we'll see you next time. See ya.